Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, welcome back to the Chase Thomas podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas, coming to you late on a Tuesday, where I'm joined by a first timer who's still riding that first win of the season high. Malcolm Hart is here. Malcolm, good evening, sir. How are you? Ooh, I'm doing good, man. How you doing, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, not the same. Not to, I will say it's not the same for me in terms of uh, uh, football weekend. Falcons struggled through the, the Bucks oh. game on Sunday. And uh, there's it, it, it's been a really, really boring season. Like Our seasons are completely different where the Detroit Lions have become America's team. Your team is America's team where everyone's Wait. just locked in, hoping you can pull it out every week. And it's fun. Like All your games are weird for the most part. There's nothing fun about a Falcons game in 2021. They're all pretty boring. They're all really sad. And they're all just depressing for the current state of Matt Ryan. It's very different for me than I'm guessing for you. And we have, what, five more wins than you? It's it's a very weird, yeah. weird situation. Wow. I mean, I, 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 I honestly didn't realize that everybody was, you know, rooting for lines like this. I didn't know until we won. Um, it was, you know, just seeing Detroit Lions just get a, finally get a win. It was special. No, I mean, everyone is, it's just, you're, I think it's partly because Dan Campbell is like the antithesis of Matt Patricia. Like, I don't think America is doing this and like people are just actively, uh, jumping for joy for, for the Lions if it was still Matt Patricia. Like, I, I think the, the difference between the two of them and their personalities and Campbell's reaction after the game in the postgame locker room, hugging Miss Ford and all that. Like, there's just something naturally like about him, likable about him. Um, is it that he is still somehow still alive with his Starbucks coffee order every morning? Like, that's part <laughs> of it, too. I mean, um, I think there's just something easily rootable about dan campbell even if we're like unsure if he's not uh kind of a jim tom Silla type it's yeah. just something where you're like i i enjoy this i i like this you know what it is i think it was the knee biting speech the kneecap biting speech yeah i think that won america over <laughs> i think it, everybody's like wow yeah he bite kneecaps i like that right it was just one of those things you just uh he's all in but it's also the intensity and i think that kind of belief and uh just that kind of uh, kind of i don't know how to describe it it's just more of like it's not it's not just confidence but it's just he's an electric personality that i think is kind of contagious i would say when you listen to him talk and stuff like that you're like oh i understand why players love him and people rally around him because his his demeanor is i think contagious for a lot of people around him yeah and and the fans the fans in detroit they love him man because it is completely night and day between what we had before with I don't even like saying the name. I don't even like saying the name out loud. Matt Patricia. Uh-huh. I call him. I call him Pencilhead. Um, <laughs> yeah, Matt Patricia and Dan Campbell. It was like Matt Patricia was so. It was like everything was scripted. Like every post game, um, conference was exactly the same. Every everyone. Was like, yeah, we need to play better. I need to coach him better. We need, you know the, the, the better pad level. He'll say the same things over and over. Like, dude. <laughs> it's your fourth year and you, you still talk about pad level like same thing over and over and over and you'll see no adjustment um with can't believe i'm saying his name again matt patricia but mm-hmm. dan campbell totally different story this guy is honest he'll tell you as it is like yo i messed up this sucks but um <laughs> we're gonna fix it you know and he's not afraid to make adjustments you know going from one game to the next and he's not afraid to take challenges like right now he's, he's calling plays and nobody's seen this coming 
nobody seen nobody seen this coming as far as Dan Campbell calling plays, being a play caller. When did um, he get privileges? When did he take, or I guess take the reins take, back? He took it. He took over the play calling duties after the bye week. I guess okay. he saw that Detroit, the Detroit Lions, they weren't just they just weren't scoring enough points, especially in the first quarter. Um, they it went to a point that within like five or six games. They haven't scored in a half. So they was just not scoring any points in the first half. So I guess he wanted to change that. It did take some time for him to get some things rolling. But, you know, last week or, you know, the, the past Sunday, we've seen um, what this offense can, you know, actually do. And they were actually, they actually put up 20 points in the first half. It was shocked the hell out of everybody. So um, kudos to Dan Campbell, man. He's definitely, definitely what Detroit needed. Well, what happened in that game? So walk us through the Vikings game because it was a weird one. How did the Lions ultimately pull that out? Was that how much of it would you give to Mike Zimmer not exactly coaching the game of his life there? How much of that was the Vikings doing everything they can not to win that game? And how much of it was the Lions did stuff that put them in a position to win? I guess with the Vikings, what they did because they had a lot of injuries in their defense, I guess they just second guessed themselves and they went away from what they normally do. Um, they they actually showed a lot of soft coverages. They didn't. They rarely blitz Jared Goff. And I mean, if you are scouting the Detroit Lions, you know that Jared Goff under pressure. When you pressure him, put any type of pressure on him, he's more prone to make some mistakes or fumble the ball away. But they didn't bring any pressure. They rarely blitz. They did these soft jo- zones to kind of help their secondary out. And Jared Goff took advantage of it. I mean, this was the first game we saw Jared Goff throw this ball around for four quarters. Now, we've seen him briefly against the Packers, the first half against the Packers. But this game, all four quarters, Jared Goff was laying a rip to everybody. All the tight ends, <laughs> the, you know, our wide receiver, our young wide receiver, Amon Rossi Brown, you know, got his first touchdown, had his career game. Jared Goff just had a really this was Jared Goff's best game as a Detroit Lions. So I guess for Dan Campbell, his game plan going into this game, knowing that the the Vikings secondary was so beat up and their linebackers, both of the linebackers were out. They had no, both of the edge rushers were out as well. So Detroit Lions took advantage of the opportunity that was in front of them. So they let Jared Goff let it rip. They were able to run the ball consistently. Um, and they were able to do what they want to do, man. Um, so yeah, Dan Campbell actually executed the perfect game plan for what was in front of them. What has looked different about the Lions the last few weeks versus what you saw early on this year? Oh, okay. So <laughs> the the last the last few games hasn't looked like what we saw last week. Okay. All right. So it was a little different situation. You know, Jared Goff was dealing with the injury. So it was a point that they were just running the ball and they weren't letting Jared Goff throw the ball. So you're trying to protect Jared Goff when he was out there. And, um, when he when he actually missed the game, he actually missed the game a couple of weeks ago, and we had Tim Boyle out there. And I guess with the weather conditions, I was out there. It was raining, and I guess Dan Campbell didn't want Tim Boyle to you know completely um, throw this game away by you know causing turnovers. They were really conservative as well. They were throwing screens, running the ball. They weren't really throwing the ball downfield. So this game was a totally different story from what any Lions fan seen from the Detroit Lions offensively. All year. This is the first time we got to see four quarters of, you know, entertaining, fun football because it's been really bad um, in the past few weeks. If you just 
if you're just the, the fan that's just looking at the numbers, mm. you look at Jared Goff, you're like, oh, he's not that bad. You know, he's completing, you know, close to 70%. You know, his touchdown, the interception ratio is not that bad, you know, for what he has. But he's been downright terrible. He's been downright terrible, um, you know, since we got him. And it, it came down to that he was just checking the ball down, um, missing wide open receivers, which he actually missed a wide open receivers this game, but he was just missing guys left and right, that guys that were just completely wide open. And, you know, it was a lack of everything. You know, the offensive line was holding up. Our receivers, they were dropping balls. It was just a mixture of everything. So everything offensively wasn't going right um, in the beginning of the season. And the last three games with the injuries that Jared Goff was dealing with and, you know, having Tim Boyle out there as, you know, as a starting quarterback didn't really go as well either. But this was the first game we actually saw and offense, it was it was entertaining for all Lions fans, and every Lions fan enjoyed it. It was it was a great game for us, man. The thing with golf, though, and it's something that like when I watch their snaps and I watch, it's something that the Falcons, and not to equate everything back to the Falcons on this very podcast, uh, but as someone who is uh, victimized by the Atlanta Falcons uh, <laughs> seventeen times a year now, um, I have to uh, draw the the corollaries whenever I can, and. Something that I, when I look at Khalif Raymond getting the most amount of snaps at wideout for you guys this year, and I Thanks. look at Quintez Cephas maybe being your best receiver to this point, and you put that into context for Jared Goff, who, like you said, has been a checkdown guy. He's completing a lot of his passes, but he's just been bad. And Matt Ryan is kind of in that same kind of ballpark where. Okay, so it's Taji Sharp. It's Hayden Hurst has been out. Kyle Pitts is not in all the time. And then Calvin Ridley's been away from the team for most of the year now. And it's suddenly like when people, he's taking these sacks and he's getting killed. And part of it is Jalen Mayfield and McGarry. And like there have been some problems in the offensive line, but no one's open. Like a lot of this stuff, you go back and look, it's like, I, I just, there's not a lot of talent. Like when Eliminate Zacchaeus is a, a big time option for you, there, there's a problem and there's no running game and nothing like that to fall back on outside of Cordell Patterson, just doing everything he possibly can for this team in the city. It's just tough. So I wonder for you, having watched every Jared Goff snap, how much it, would you contribute at least to the fact that there is no depth really uh, at the wide, wide out front for Detroit this year? Yeah. So if you ask a different Lions fan, you can get different a different perspective on this topic all around. Now, my belief on this is I think all around, I think it's I think it's a mixture of everything. I think it's a mixture of everything. I think it's a mixture of the quarterback. I think it was a mixture of the offensive line. Just they didn't have their, you know, their, they didn't have Taylor Decker for half of the year. Panay Sewell, our, our first round pick, um, he was playing left tackle, right tackle, like he was bouncing around left and right side. So he seems to figure it out though a little bit, right? Oh, you know, right now he's playing at a very high level on, on the right side right now. So you know, kudos to him. But before that, before they got you know the offensive line settled, you know, the offensive line was shaky. We had guys like. There's a guy named Matt Nelson who was our right tackle, and he wasn't holding up too much. So I think it was evolving the, the protection, you know, the, the wide receivers, the play calling, and also Jared Goff. I think I honestly believe that, you know, because our situation out wide, I really believe the coach staff was like, look, you know, let's not force it. You know, if it's not there, check it down, call it a day, live to, you know, have another play, you know. I, that's what I believe. You know, other Lions fans are like, oh, Jared Goff, he's just a check down king. He does this, he does this. But I honestly believe is, I believe it was a lot of it was the coaching staff telling him to do that. And because when we had Tim Boyle out there, his game was exactly the same way as, 
as um, Jared Goff. He was checking it down left and right. He threw one deep shot, and then after that, it was just check down, check down, check down. And I, I think it's something that the coaching staff was asking them to do. But this game was, I guess they knew the situation. Um, but with the Vikings not having a pass for us, you know, Griffin, Everson Griffin was out. You know, Daniel Hunter, he was also out. Um, both of the middle linebackers, the linebacker and the other, the Will and Mike linebacker was also out. So they were playing with a lot of backups. Secondary, you know, uh, Peterson was out. So they, they didn't really have much on the defensive side. So they just took advantage of it. I'm hoping this continues mm-hmm. because we saw a very exciting offense. You know, Jared Goff was throwing the ball all over. So we're just hoping this continues. So you want to keep winning games. You want to get this. You're not worried about the number one, number two pick oh, or anything. No. I've never been like that. I've never been that type of fan. Okay. I've never been that type of fan. You know, I've been a Lions fan since 97. Okay. Uh, I've seen first round pick, first round pick. I've seen it. I've mm-hmm. seen it all. You know, does that first round pick automatically change changes your franchise? You know, it doesn't automatically change your franchise. Yeah. Now, right now we're in a position that we have two first round picks for the next two years. We have two first round picks this year, two first round picks next year. If we get the four or five spot, I could care less. Yeah. You know, we're going to have two first round picks this year, two first round picks next year. I'm not I'm not that fan, man. I'm, I'm more of the fan, you know, build momentum, mm-hmm. you know, win some games. Hell, if this team could run the table, I doubt it. If they mm-hmm. could run the table, I'll be happy. We're already no, talking about running the table now. We went from, are we going 0-17 to can we run the table? I love Lions fans. We've already done it. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. I'm not saying they will. I'm not uh-huh. saying they will. But, but you're in on it. You're like, it's a possibility. Did, no, it, no, I don't think it's a possibility. We paid a, I think we played Packers again. Hey, well, you know what? Y'all have a weird, I mean, we go back, I mean, Stafford's not here anymore, but for whatever reason, the Lions and the Packers, it's not as lopsided as you would think over the last 10 years. It's not. It's not. It's not. I think the Lions, they really play up to the competition. Yeah. For some reason, I always feel that way. Like, there's, there's games that people are like, oh, we're playing the Ravens. We're going to get killed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, this is the Lions' way. They're going to play close, and they may find a way to lose it at the end. And look at the Ravens game. We lost by a goddamn field goal. <laughs> 67 yard field goal. Nobody, nobody's seen that coming. I mean, that was a, it's a Lions way to lose. I, it's I, I like this because we can commiserate. Way. It's a Lions way. Hey, we can commiserate on this. The Falcons, <laughs> just as much sadness. I mean, the 28 to 3, like everything. Like I can, I can play this game too, man. It's, 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 it's dire for us yeah. out here. Like we, we played the Rams. Mm-hmm. I believe we lost the Rams by like a touchdown. But yeah. going to that game, the spread, the, the Vegas spread was like 16 points. I was like, there's no way. I know the Lions, they're going to play this game close, <laughs> find a way to yeah. lose at the end. They always do this. And what happened? They played it close. You know, you saw a whole bunch of trick plays and going for it and onside kicks and going for it on fourth down. Like, they did everything. They yeah. tried every single thing possible to make this a game. And they made it a game. They lost a very close game at the end. Wasn't no 16-point spread. Definitely wasn't no 16-point spread. But the, what the Lions do is that there's a game that you're like, oh, this is a winnable game. Mm-hmm. This is a winnable game for Detroit Lions. What do they do? They'll lose like 35-7. <laughs> <laughs> that's the lion's way it's crazy they always do this they always do this um, is there a chance they run it back with Jared Goff next year he's under contract man well I mean he's like are be, you gonna draft like do you want a quarterback in round one you know what this this is this is what I want and okay. I, I hope they do this um there's a lot of quarterbacks that's coming out next year mm. who I think were very juicy you know you got Bryce Young yeah you, know, you got CJ Stroud you got those guys and I think those are gonna be top prospects coming out this year, uh, I think the quarterback class is kind of shaky. Um, it's it's weird. Like, I'm a Matt Corral guy. I've watched him a lot up close. I think he'll probably translate well. Malik Willis fell off, but the thing with Malik Willis is 
the Liberty offensive line for folks that don't watch is atrocious, like getting it him is. killed every week. Like it's a joke. So the difference between him and last year is literally just an offensive line. So I don't know, man, it's, it's hard. Like there's not like one name that uh, pops more than the rest. It's definitely not like this past draft, but I don't know. Quarterbacks are always going to be a tra- crap shoot and you're yeah. just, I, I don't know. It's, it's tough, but also the weird thing with the lions. And can you explain this to me where, yeah. The Vikings, like this is a franchise, the Vikings, and I promise the last mile include the Falcons into this, but like the Falcons took two offensive linemen in the first round two years ago. Okay. One's worked out, one hasn't. They've drafted a bunch of offensive linemen in the first round. They've invested a lot of capital and resources into the offensive line. The The Minnesota Vikings have done the same thing and they can't do it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many first round picks they throw at their offensive line. The Minnesota Vikings are not allowed to ever have a good offensive line. Then you have the Detroit Lions, who it doesn't matter who's running things. It doesn't matter who the GM is, who the coach. You guys have this offensive line. I look through it. I'm just like, I don't understand why Detroit, out of everything else, the offensive line seems to always be good, decent to good. I- explain the offensive line stuff in Detroit to me. And, and this is the crazy part, man. We're not even fully healthy in the yeah. offensive line right now. You know, our center, Frank Ragnow, he's an IR. So I think if we had our full arsenal on, on our offensive line, mm-hmm. I think it'll, I think they'll let Jared Goff take more shots down the field. But um, yeah, man, I, they you know even the, the past few years, even with the old regime, I, I don't like talking about them too much. It's Bob like Quinn Voldemort and, for you. Yeah, I mean they hit they hit on some guys. You know mm-hmm. they hit on Taylor Decker, um, Jeff Okuda. You know, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> You had, to, you had to do that. that, that that's cool. Yo, on, yo talk, to talk about Jeff Okuda, man, I wasn't too happy about that pick. There was a, there was a guy who I, want, I wanted us at that point to address the interior line. That's what, mm-hmm. that's what I wanted the Detroit Lions to do. Because the year before we drafted Jeff Okuda, we couldn't stop the run if, you know, who, no matter who was back there. We couldn't stop the run, and we couldn't put pressure on any quarterback. Like, the quarterback just had all day. So I was like, you know what? Any team that's, you know, that's if you're rebuilding a team or you're trying to win, you gotta build from up front. You gotta be able to put some type of pressure on the quarterback or stop the run. You got if you can't stop the run or put pressure on the quarterback, chance of you winning games slim to none. It's gonna be really hard for you to win games. Go Falcons. So, um, Pencilhead Matt Patricia, mm-hmm. um, he believes in coverage. Like that was the last three years of him was the absolute worst. <laughs> it was the absolute worst because was that the worst part of your Lions fandom since '97? Was that stretch the th- worst actually, stretch for honestly, you? It was honestly worse than the early 2000s. Really, it was really honestly worse because you're watching this team. You have Matthew Stafford, mm-hmm. and the Matthew Stafford I always thought was an elite quarterback. I still his dad still think he's elite. He has his flaws, but the thing is, you have a quarterback like Matthew Stafford, and you can't win a goddamn playoff game. <laughs> you telling me you have Matthew Stafford? And you can't win a playoff game. So with um, Pencilhead, we had Matthew Stafford, and we weren't the most wins we had with with um, Pencilhead was six wins, six wins with Matthew Stafford. The defense was, I mean, he ran all of our vets away. Every single vet wanted to get hell, they get wanted to get the hell out of there. Mm. We had an interview with Glover Quinn. Um, he's a for people don't who don't know Glover because you should know Glover Quinn. Yeah, uh, he's a Pro Bowl safety. Um, Texan. Pro Bowl, much, multiple, yeah, with the Texans with us. We we had him on our pod one time and we talked to him. Actually, multiple times we had him on the pod and we mm. talked to him and he said he literally said as soon as they hired him he wanted out. He asked them, "Look, release huh. me." <laughs> he told them to release me. And wow. They told him no. They told him no. Um, he knew he was at the end of the career uh, of his career, 
And he didn't want to be there because he was with the Caldwell era where things were trending upwards. Yeah. You know, they're consistently winning, you know, nine to, you know, eight to nine wins. They were trending in the upward direction that they just needed to get over the hump. When the Detroit Lions hired Pencilhead, mm-hmm. he wanted to tear the whole franchise. He wanted to tear Detroit down and turn them to the Detroit Patriots. Yeah. That's what he wanted to do. He wanted to turn the Lions into the Detroit Patriots. That's what the Texans are doing right now. Yeah. I mean, but they're having, I guess they're having more success, but... I mean, I would say they're having more success, but (laughs) I I would say it's a a wait and see. It's a TBD. But it's also, we just see this in sports a lot now. The teardown thing where it's like you have to rip it to its bones. And it's like, no, you don't. Like, not every... Like, that's not how this works. And it's just job security. All that is is job security because it lowers expectations. It gets fans ready to lose a lot of games. And then they're supposed to believe that in year four, year five, that everything turns the corner. But it's like you have to hit on all these other things before that be an elite evaluator of talent elite play caller elite all this stuff and then and it's just it's just not a real thing but people fall into that trap but the older you get you're you're more uh more likely to be like i don't don't think so and jim caldwell just came in and was like now i'm just gonna go win eight games that's what i'm gonna go do yeah i mean he that that was i mean as a lions fan i mean that that was the highest point for us for a very long time when we we had jim caldwell but the thing is if you're gonna fire him you know, and you saying because he couldn't get over the hump to win you a playoff game and he lost some games that were questionable that he should have won. I get it. You know, you, you want to get over the hump. But but you're the how, Lions. Well, my thing is, how can you sit down in, in an interview with Pencilhead across from you? And he says, yeah, let's tear this shit down. And they say, OK, <laughs> <laughs> that's the part that just kills me. Like, how do you let that happen? You have a nine. You have a roster the following year with nine to seven. All right, you're firing you're firing the coach because you believe he didn't get the best out of those guys. You believe that team was better and you know, you now you're going to hire a guy to get the best out of those guys. But what do you do? You hire a guy to say I want to tear it down mm. and fix the culture that what that didn't need to be fixed. We just needed to get over the we just needed to get over a hump. We needed to win a division title, which we haven't done since what, 92, 93, 91. Oof. And we needed to win a <laughs> And we just needed to win a playoff game. Mhm. Yo, if any any coach that wins a playoff game in Detroit, they're gonna build a statue outside of Fort Field. That's that's how much a, a point. Like we need to win at least a playoff game. We haven't won a playoff game since ninety one. Like ninety one. It's, it's I was been born bad. in ninety one. It was that bad, man. And I'm not gonna tell you when the last time we won another playoff game since then. Yeah, I'm not gonna tell you that. You know What's what? Some improvement on I, the air. I'm, I'm gonna tell you the last mm-hmm. time we won a playoff game other than ninety one. Nineteen fifty seven. Man. That's 1957. That's when the last time the, the Lions won a playoff game in 1957. The next time after that was 91. And then until this date, we haven't won a goddamn playoff game. That's wild. That is wild. Yes, that, that's definitely wild. That's almost <laughs> impossible. I don't know how they do it. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy. The Marlins tear it down and outside of one year, they just win the World Series every every 10 years. And, yeah. Uh, the Lions are out here <laughs> just uh, <laughs> allergic to playoff victories um in terms of the secondary because you brought up the the secondary it's been bad all across the board i'm looking everywhere and i'm just like everything is bad but i liked your dc hire and i liked where you're going with this i liked trey flowers i like some pieces here but man it does look like the defense has a long long way to go like is there any positive in the secondary right now i'm gonna tell you this right now if you're not if you like if you don't watch the team 
if you just look at the roster, you're like, oh shit, who who's this? Who who the hell is that? Mm. You're like, who is that? Um, but these guys they've been playing a lot better um th- than who they are. You know, our starting cornerback right now is Amanio Warrior. He's he has five interceptions this year. He's actually playing solid, you know. He has his ups and downs. Like last week he gave up like damn near two hundred yards of, to Jefferson. But he's playing he's playing higher than we expected him to play. You know, he's playing as a starting our starting quarterback. We didn't have him being our starting cornerback going into this year, but he's a starting, you know, he's CB1 and he has five picks and he's doing a good job for what he's doing. And then our second, our corner next to him is Jerry Jacobs. And Jerry Jacobs is a guy who was a, he was an undrafted free agent. All right. He's a very small guy, but this guy's like a pit bull, man. He's, you can see that he, his motor is, 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 is very high. And what he's doing right now, I believe since he's been our starting corner on the other side of Amanio Warrior, I believe he only gave up one touchdown all year. So his coverage is actually pretty solid. His tackling is phenomenal. Now, his tackling is phenomenal. So I actually really like our secondary. I, I'm not really too... too Tracy like, Walker's okay. Yeah, Tracy Walker's okay. I, I believe we do need maybe another safety right now. Will Harris, uh, he has his ups and downs. He, I think this is, he's having one of his better years with I us. I think you need to get uh, A.J. Parker some more snaps. A.J. Parker, he's on IR right now. Well, no, I was just saying he's 114 out of 118 per <laughs> PFF in corner. That is one. Yeah, yeah. he, he, he doesn't, doesn't have enough. I mean, he's on IR right now, but he's mm-hmm. another guy, another undrafted free agent that's, you know, came in as a nickel and, and, and he's playing well. So, yeah, I, I think what Aaron linebacker Glenn's seems doing. like a need to yeah linebackers linebackers a need i mean we have alex ends alone when pff hates him yeah they <laughs> but not, I, they're not a fan yeah they're, they're not a fan of alex ends alone um but i think he's playing solid i'm not saying he's playing great playing good he's playing solid he's a you know he's a good leader for the young guys like we have a guy named Derek barnes mm. who he doesn't get much snaps because he's a rookie but this guy, I believe, is going to be the future of our linebacking core. Um, he showed some flashes last week. You know, he got in the game because of there was an injury with um, Jalen Reeves Maven. So he he had probably his most snaps since, you know, all year. And, you know, you, you see the flashes. Very quick, big, um, shoots the gaps really well. So he's a future of the team. I think they do need another, like, linebacker. Hopefully they draft one with our second first round pick. Hopefully, you know, there's a guy in Utah who I think is just amazing. Um, Devin Lloyd, mm. if they could get him, you know, that'll be nice. Um, but yeah, yeah, like we definitely need a, you know, another body in the linebacking core. I like it. Well, when you look at the, the schedule down the stretch here, what are you, what games do you have circled for uh, big games that you're excited about as we, we okay. get to the tail end here of the okay. 2021 season? All right. So you're not, probably not going to like this, but, um, so we play, we played this week. We play the Denver Broncos. Right. I think this is a 50-50 game. I think they mm-hmm. have a shot to win. But then again, this is like I said, this is a game that you know you get the line a chance, and then they end up losing by like 40 points. So this is one of those games that I think it's a 50-50 game because I think the Denver Broncos are, are struggling um, on both sides of the ball right now. I'm so I think you're going to throw the Falcons game out on on this. That's what that's what I say. You're not going to like me because mm-hmm. I think that that's another. I'm not saying they're going to win. I think that's another 50-50 game for Detroit. Mm-hmm. But then again, like I said, the, the way the Detroit Lions operate, when they have a 50-50 game, when you give them some type of hope, like, oh, yeah, we could win, they end up losing by like 20, 30 points. So, I mean, right now, those are the two games I'm really looking forward to. I guess they play the Seahawks. I'm not sure how Russell Wilson is going to look. Hopefully, he's still playing with one hand. I, I don't know. Um, but you're we'll telling see. people to bet on the Lions covering the Cardinals game in two weeks. Like, absolutely, they're going to cover. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. They're keeping that close. The spread is probably going to be like two or three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. They're covering that. The, the line, hundred percent. I guarantee you. I, I guarantee you that game they're going to lose by. They're going to lose by six points. I love it. I love <laughs> they're going to lose by six points. They're not going to win. They're going to keep it close. It's going to be. It's going to be very entertaining. But then it's going to be just, just like the, just like the Rams game. It'll be too much for them at the end. But you're like yeah. Nebraska of the NFL now. I think so. I think so. Nebraska just being amazing. They have a positive point differential and just three and nine. Like that's, that's the kind yeah. of stuff that uh, is amazing. It's, a, yeah. it's amazing stuff. <laughs> the way they lose games late and just play everybody tough. Yeah. I mean, if you're a better, if you mm-hmm. are that person that bets, yeah, for that Cardinals game, 100% take um, the Detroit Lions, um, you know, plus whatever they have, whatever, wherever the spread is, take it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> well, Malcolm, this has been great. Uh, what can uh, the good folks check out from you and the team this week on Everything Lions? Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you want to, you know, follow or listen to our podcast, if you're a Detroit Lions fan, we have our podcast. It's called The Pride Podcast, a Detroit Lions podcast. It's me with my two guys, my two other um, hosts. You know, I have my host, Tyler, and my other co-host, Pierre. You know, we just, you know, it's kind of like a barbershop talk, but we just, we focus more on the numbers and, you know, we try to make it entertaining as possible. We crack jokes and we just have a good time. And um, as far as for this weekend, you know, we're, we're hoping for a Detroit Lions win. Let's go. Hey, and you know, we're, we're coworkers, both part of the blue wire family. So this yes, is, sir. yeah, exactly. This is awesome. So um, we'll have to do more of these as the season goes on. And when we see what happens with the Detroit Lions going forward, but good luck this weekend, sir. Can't say good luck in a couple weeks, but um, <laughs> good luck for now. And thank you so much for making the time, Malcolm. I greatly appreciate it. Hey man, no problem. I had a blast, man. Thanks a lot, man. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.